I was nervous because this is something that was new, something I, I wanted to do, always wanted to do, but it's been so long. And you know, that's I think one of the beauty of having pop-up that we're not a pop-up setting. We're not locked up to like a fixed menu or have this huge overhead cost. You build a, a repertoire of things that you, you one, are good at it, and two, that works for you. She's a risk taker, I'm a planner, so that works out really well. She comes up with crazy ideas and I sit here and figure out how can we make it work without killing each other. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. Today I am joined by Hao Tran and Diksha Batari from Hao and Diksha. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. This was cool. Um, you guys had reached out to me to come on to the podcast, which makes me feel good that people are actually listening and, and actually want to come on. So that's uh, that's always fun as a host and, and a producer of a show. So that's awesome. Um, how you've been cooking uh, since you were little with different types of food influence. Uh, how long did it take you to realize that you loved cooking and how do you use those influences today? Well, you know, I, I spent 18 years cooking for my children, and they didn't have the same uh, taste buds as I did growing up for Asian foods. So after they went off to uh, college, I started really to hone in on what my cultural influences are. Um, and lo and behold, I really had the knack for it. I really had the, the passion for it. I had the... the um, I guess the heart for it. I learned from grandmother, I learned from my aunt, and it became really something that was therapeutic for me. How about you, Diksha? Where did you find that your passion for food, and especially healthy foods, uh, came from? So I'm a registered dietitian by trade, and uh, while I was growing up, I really didn't cook. I always liked to eat. And I lived in the dorms uh, for about four years, and I was in Illinois doing my dietetic internship, and that's when I had my first kitchen. And I was like, okay, you know, I have a kitchen, now let's get cooking. And I was learning uh, new recipes and getting a lot more information while I was in internship, and I started cooking more. That's where my blog called Food Pleasure and Health started, and it just grew from there. I love your blog, by the way, and, and we'll get into it uh, later in the podcast. Um, but how you didn't initially pursue cooking as a profession. Um, you actually went to school, you studied biochemistry, and then you taught for a number of years. Uh, why did you take that career path, and what brought you back to the path of, of cooking and food? Well, just to let you know, I'm still working in the education. Okay. I'm still teaching um, science, high school, high school science. I, uh, like I said, became an empty nester and wanted to spend my time doing something um, that will, one, let me maybe not miss the kids so much um, and really to hone in on something I, I always wanted to do. I, want, I wanted to make the authentic dishes I grew up with, and that took time. And those were things I couldn't do, you know, raising kids, but now... It seems like I, I I can share that with the community that we're we're in and the people that we are serving. Um, that makes it so enjoyable. So you have the teaching and and you have the blog and and all of that. How do you find time um, for how and Diksha? We never sleep. We don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're the first ones that we talk to, and and she, you know she has a significant other. I 
have a blind dog at home and he he just hangs around with me while I'm you know doing my planning and figuring out what to what to make that night so you let, let's talk about the company for a little bit um, and let's let's first start with how did the two of you link up um, and how did the idea kind of blossom you want to talk about how we met? So we have a common friend, yes, Mira, who is an editor for 360 West. And uh, we met at a dinner, and she mentioned, have you met how? And I had no clue. I am fairly new to Fort Worth. I've been here about four years. And I'd seen her on different Facebook groups, but I'd never talked to her or anything. But I randomly messaged her, or she messaged me. Yeah. And we met at Central Market, and here we are today. Yeah, I wanted to get to know her. I wanted to figure out what she wanted to do. Um, and and Mita is, is the person that really is knowledgeable of both our personalities. And she says, you know, you guys really, really should talk to each other. And here we are at Central Market with a bottle of wine and a notepad. <laughs> um, like, okay, well, we even have the same name for our dogs, you know, and yep. it's, it was like, I guess it was meant to be. Yeah. So what was that first meeting like? I mean, were you right away ready with, uh, let's open up this um, company where we'll have pop-ups or was it kind of uh, bouncing ideas <laughs> off of each other until you landed on that? I guess we met that night for maybe two or three hours. Mm -hmm. I think first hour was just getting to know each other because that was our first time meeting. And before we left, we had a couple dates on our calendar for pop-up. And we've, I know. Well, I, I, I'll tell you, I was nervous because this is something that was new, something I, I wanted to do, always wanted to do, but it's been so long and I'm a little bit older than Diksha, like a lot older. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, is, she, is this girl going to really dig this idea? And and I I was going to be all in, you know, no matter what. I'm just going to put put it out there. And she came along. She came along and, and agreed to my crazy ideas. And, you know, we worked out a lot of uh, similarities. And that's that's why it's it's gone so well. So tell me for anyone who's listening now, and, and maybe we should have done this right at the start, mm -hmm. uh, but what is the, the full company and, and what is the entire scope of what you, you guys do? Well, we start with really cooking something that we're good at. And, you know, Asian influences, Nepalese influences, that's where we start. Then we take in our strengths. We take in Diksha's, you know, cooking classes, her, her blogging, her knowledge of recipes, we take in more of my my uh, ethnic dishes, um, and we just meld it together. Um, we partner each other in, in, in classes, teaching, and it becomes second nature for me no matter what, what it is I'm teaching. Then we also do um, collaborative dinners with other chefs because we, we want to capitalize on, uh, you know, the, the food community here and bring maybe some creativity um, into the culinary world here in Fort Worth? Yep, so I guess basically we try and do three different things. Pop-ups, mm -hmm. like our dumpling pop-ups. We do a lot of cooking classes, private events, and collaboration with different chefs in the mm -hmm. community. So, 
I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but from chefs that I've talked to in, in Fort Worth, and I've actually heard your names uh, pop up um, quite a bit before uh, you guys ah. even reached out. So it was cool to, to hear from you. Um, but from the chefs I've heard, uh, they say, you know, you would be great candidates for a brick and mortar restaurant. Um, you know, they, they would love to go dine at your restaurant every single night. What is it that makes you um, want to go with the pop-up trend instead of the brick and mortar location? Well, first of all, that's a, that's a big compliment to hear that. Um, and it's, you know, been said, and we've, we've heard it before. And um, I, you know, a brick and mortar really scares me. One, because we're both still working full time. Um, you know, second, it's a, it's a huge commitment. We all know in the industry that it's a high rate, you know, of failure just given the first year and a high cost associated with that. Um, I'll, I'll speak for me. I don't want a restaurant. I want to go and still do events, still do classes, still do pop-ups. Um, I want to offer... Um, the creativity, going into venues, going to spaces that maybe someone else hasn't seen or um, the history of Fort Worth. Um, we've got so much uh, variety, so much diversity in the areas we live in that I would like to showcase that. And I think continue doing some of those pop-ups will, will capitalize on that. I think that's a great point, and it's that um, that freedom is is so nice and appealing that I think people don't really realize until they actually have that freedom um, and do it. I thought for a while I wanted to get into radio, and um, I thought I wanted to be on the air all the time, and, and now that I'm doing kind of the freelance podcast thing as well as working a full-time job, I'm realizing it's really nice to get to pick and choose what kind mm -hmm. of jobs yeah. I want to work, and so I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Um, so, Diksha... As part of a partnership, obviously, both of you each bring something to the table. What do you think your strengths are um, within this company, and, and what do you feel like you bring to the table most? Uh, so I am a planner, and I'm the most of, she's a risk taker, I'm a planner, so that <laughs> works out really well. She comes up with crazy ideas, and I sit here and figure out how can we make it work without killing each other. Go figure, she's the younger one. <laughs> And also, she, how she's been here like 30 Yeah, I lived years. in Fort Worth for over 30 years. And she takes like mostly like responsibility of getting to talk to people like she got us in this podcast, right? <laughs> so I do a lot of things like social media side of things, planning events and figuring out the little details while she takes on the... More the back end. Back end side of things, so... Yeah. And, and how about uh, for you with that back end, what does that all involve, Hal? Well, having an established network of people and, and friends and community, hey, I think I know the person over there, or hey, I can call. And, you know, Fort Worth is a small town. Um, it has the, sort of the metropolitan feel, but we're still a very neighborly community. Um, so knowing that, I mean, I think I can call on somebody and, and they would be helpful and they would be welcoming and they would say, hey, try this. Um, like she said, I, you know, I, we're the yin and the yang of this uh, relationship. And if I've already told her that she can't divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so as Diksha mentioned, uh, how you lived in Fort Worth for 30 years or 30 plus years. Yes. How have you seen the um, culinary world change here in Fort Worth? Well, it, it's been amazing. <clears throat> I, I, I went to 
my undergraduate degree was in uh, College Station at A&M. And, you know, there was nowhere to be, Asian food was nowhere to be found. Um, in Fort Worth, it was almost the same thing. The closest place was Junserie on Magnolia. And I don't know if you remember that or not, but, you know, a small little Thai place. And then the closest place you could probably get decent Vietnamese food was over in Haltom City, or you had to travel all the way to Richardson or Carrollton. So the evolution of the local food, the mom and pops, um, the ethnic foods, we are, we're a barbecue and tacos type town. And th those are all wonderful, and it, it, it's a signature to Fort Worth. But I think the food evolution, if you will, has gone great strides to improve on um, the diversity of Fort Worth, the food offerings that we have now, and the chefs that are in the business now. Uh, you know, they are quite creative. Um, many restaurants are doing, you know, dinners, I mean, pop-up dinners, and they collaborate with other chefs, and it, it, it really just brings um, creativity to the culinary world in here. That's something I've noticed. I moved out here in 2013, and I've seen that shift, mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> even from 2013 to now, and mm -hmm. that's only five years. So I think it's cool the path that um, that Fort Worth's on. And it's kind of the reason I wanted to start this podcast was to highlight that diversity in the Fort Worth community and, and how many different types of uh, places there are to eat. And you're not just stuck eating ribs and tacos. And, yeah. and like you said, those places are great, too, mm -hmm. um, and, and they're very important for the diversity of Fort Worth. Um, but have you, either of you, found any pushback uh, from customers that maybe aren't willing to step outside of their comfort zones and try what you have to sell? Yes. Yes. There, there have been occasion where... Occasionally, yeah. Not, not much. I would say those are the ones that are memorable. Um, but it's, it's education of someone who's never been outside the, their comfort level. Um, you know, the question is, what is a dumpling? Um, you know, what's in it? Um, we get a lot of questions on, is it keto-friendly? Is it vegan? Is it kosher? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look all those up and, you know, accommodate, you know, the, the different, you know, mm -hmm. needs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an education of a, a culture of people that, maybe have not ever experienced it. And that that's really our goal, though, yep. is to give people that experience. Oh, you haven't tried this? Try it. I always told my kids growing up, if you don't like it after the first bite, you don't have to eat anymore, but just try it. And that's what we're trying to get the Fort Worth community to do. Just try it. I think that's that's a great message. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Uh, Diksha, you brought this up before, um, but you run a blog that people can check out at foodpleasureandhealth.com. Um, I mentioned before I really like the blog. Thank how you. How did it come about? How did you um, decide that you wanted to run this nutritional, healthy living blog? So like I said earlier, I'm a registered dietitian. So when I was an internship, I was in Illinois, really bored. I didn't have too many friends and I was learning all this new nutrition um, information and I was, had just started cooking. So I was like, I need to just document all this for myself and also share with other people who might benefit from that. And that was back in 2012. And it's just grown significantly from there. 
So you um, had a, a recipe that went out um, that I actually, as I was doing some uh, research for this, uh, I found the recipe. It was the smashed egg sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you put it out in January of this year, and it was it was delicious when I made it. I oh, was thank a, you. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, but do you manage the site all by yourself? Are you always coming up with those recipes, or do you have anyone help you out? Uh, most of the recipes are mine, but I obviously get inspired by season, by whatever ingredients I have and things I really enjoy cooking. And that recipe actually is made by my boyfriend okay. and he actually made us for Broughton. So I can't take credit on that one. <laughs> go Sean. Go Sean. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, beyond uh, the blog and, and the website, um, you also do chef training and, and personal chef um work as well tell me about those experiences and have you ever had any really interesting experience that pops out to you from those uh so some of the services are mostly for my nutritional clients where i just teach them how to eat a healthier or try to accommodate their lifestyle and a lot of times i i mean i, I get really surprised and because of the fact that people really don't realize how cooking can change their lives and I do like grocery store tours and when I take them to buy uh, produce or things from bulk bin section they just are amazed how uh, how much their grocery bill is versus when they go eat out every night so that's really eye-opening and that's where I get a lot of satisfaction from my job so I'm teaching people not only to eat better, but it really makes a difference in their lifestyle and their family's lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's great and and super important as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's awesome. Uh, For you, how uh, you mentioned before that you had put on those cooking classes with different chefs uh, in the area. Is there one that stands out to you that uh, you particularly loved working with? I, I don't Do want I have, you to have to throw anyone oh, under the bus here. I have to pick favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I certainly um, appreciate um, it, each and every one of them I worked with, but and they're all fantastic. I've learned a lot from each of them. Um, but, I mean, from Kevin Martinez at Tokyo Cafe, from Victor Villarreal, from, um, you know, many restaurants, but he's been at Grace, you know, he's worked with, um, John Tazar. Um, I, you know, they, they've been in the business for so long that they give you the reality check of it. I didn't have that restaurant background. I just really invited people to come to the house to eat. I mean, that's kind of, kind of all, all got started. Um, and then putting, putting, like I said, putting myself out there to start cu- cooking for people. Um, and hoping, you know, crossing my fingers that they liked it. But the chefs here, um, I mean, the community of chefs here, from, you know, small mom-and-pop restaurants to, you know, the fancy, you know, bigger ones, they they all work together. And if, if there's a need of some kind, if there's a, a you know, there's not seemed to be a little, any animosity or, um, you know, any competition only friendly competition of course and uh, and we get it get that um it's supportive so um i can name more names but you know that those two guys are really my brothers (laughs) (laughs) well it does seem it seems like a a supportive community and Mm -hmm. especially i i think this is close to our 20th uh podcast or something like that and Mm -hmm. and everyone is just 
said such glowing things about everyone else mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's a nice community how do you still pull from those collaborations today and and um how has it kind of affected the food that you're making oh you bet um i i take away and i learn from each one um and then you build a a repertoire of things that you you one are good at it and two that works for you um and then when you work with someone else there's like a like Diksha and I, we have complementary strengths. When I work with another chef, another one that's, I believe, is up and coming is Scotty Scott. Uh, if you haven't followed him on Instagram, it's Cook, Drink, Eat. Um, it's amazing. Now he's he works by day, you know, in, in an office as as a lawyer. But if you watch any of his food videos, uh, sometimes they have me on the floor crying, laughing because <laughs> they're, they're so wonderful. That's the kind of creativity we want. Um, in in this uh, culture of food, we can have fun with it. We can create with it. We can um, also, you know, make something that tastes good and that no one has maybe thought about. Um, so with each collaboration, I just kind of build this this you know repertoire of things that I'm, I'm you know good at, um, and then hopefully build to different venues or different. Um, types of foods um one of the i don't want to call him crazy he's not crazy but he's <laughs> he's genius crazy he's josh Harmon in dallas um last year was voted you know chef of the year and he has an imagination that i'm just capturing from and i want to learn from and that's that's the gist of working um with each of these chefs can you tell me a little bit about your work with lost in the sauce <laughs> well, let me tell you how Lost in the Sauce came about. <laughs> I was sitting with a, a couple of students uh, in class at lunch, and every day I bring my lunch and I bring leftovers, and so I, I share. I share my lunch, and obviously, like, what are you eating today, Miss Tran? Well, today's escargot and butter sauce and escargot, like snails. You're eating snails. Um I said, yeah, it's really good. You want to try it? So these two girls, um, you know, they they tried it and they they liked it. And I said, well, let's see, it's got lost in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it came about. That's and awesome. you know, it was it was a journal journal, you know, of me keeping uh, pictures of foods that I made. And I don't try to really remake the same thing unless I really like it. So it was just this, you know pictorial journal of different dishes I made and then I my kids were like mom you post too many pictures so I created lost in the sauce to put all those pictures on there and then it just got popular and like what is she making today <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool that's yeah. that's really creative I love yeah. that um so we've talked a lot about the collaboration um of you know just working with other chefs and um really feeding off of each other's ideas uh Diksha you were born in Nepal um before moving here to the states mm -hmm. uh and how you're the daughter of Vietnamese immigrants um how have you two taken your cultural backgrounds uh and blended them into your foods so obviously, I uh, was born and raised in Kathmandu, Nepal. So a lot of my food that I eat and or things I gravitate really is, is inspired from you know my upbringing, and the recipes and I guess I am very Nepali even though I live in America. So everything that I do has a lot of Nepalese flair. 
to it and a lot of spices like cumin, coriander, cardamom. I just gravitate naturally towards that. It could be my upbringing or my palate. I don't know, but those are like my go-to. So I'm very much inspired by my upbringing. Uh, Same here. Uh, There's not a day that goes by that I probably don't want Vietnamese food. I just, because that's what my taste buds gravitate to. Um, When I was going to school in Arlington, going to, to grade school and, you know, we had the American lunches and we had, you know, fruit roll-ups and we had hot dogs and hamburgers. I love those too. And I, I would go to school and, and desire, you know, school cafeteria food. But when I came home, God, I got rice again, (laughs) you know, and, and, but now as an adult, I'm like, wow, why, why didn't I capitalize on that? Um, I think because I've lost um, my my family. I mean, you know, my parents died um, young, and I don't really have any any relatives around here. That um, I wanted to embrace, you know, my my heritage, and celebrate that with the food that I grew up with. Um, and I I was fortunate to spend time with my aunt in Montreal, who owned a French Vietnamese restaurant, and um, watch what she does and. It was love at first sight there. Um, she was she's one of the most amazing cooks too. That's cool to have uh, just all of those influences mm-hmm. going into these pop ups. I mean, the yeah. food's got to be amazing. I I haven't had the pleasure of trying it yet, um, but I would like to at some point. Uh, but on a typical pop up night, uh, what's your menu look like? So our dumpling pop up, we try to have at least three. <laughs> different choices we always have one vegetarian option and Mm -hmm. our menu just changes depending on a season and we try to have one staple that we always have so I like to do chicken momo which are like Nepalese dumplings or shrimp shumai those are like two Mm -hmm. of our staples and and for me I mean it's I'm the crazy one right so (laughs) I'm the one that says hey you want to try this you want to try no you try that Uh, I'm going to stick to this one over here um but I that's the fun part um I mean I do have staples I mean you know the bao buns you know Mm -hmm. with you know pulled pork that's a great item we infuse it sometimes with uh the local beers you know I marinate it in and oh it's nicely slow cooked with that beer in it is so good um and then um you have the seasonal um items like next week because it's thanksgiving we're doing a turkey and cranberry dumpling um and i'm gonna infuse some soy sauce with fresh sage so you're gonna have this sauce that goes on top of those dumplings um we want to capitalize on local farmers local vendors Mm -hmm. um season yes and whether it's pork or chicken or ground lamb or goat cheese we have an amazing resource if you don't know already of farmers and producers within 50 miles 100 miles at the most here that can buy all those local ingredients in and how important is that to you um, to keep it local like that very very yeah absolutely Um, we are focused on supporting um, the the producing community where we're here to utilize those resources our food would not taste as i think fresh or Mm -hmm. have the same quality if we didn't use fresh ingredients 
And you know, that's I think one of the beauty of having pop-up that we're not a pop-up setting. We're not locked up to like a fixed menu or have this huge overhead cost. We're able to take that and use the best ingredients. So I really like that pop-up setting for that reason as well. I mean, if you if you were to say, well, you know, you can go to Carrollton and Richardson and eat some really good, you know, dumplings and dim sum, you could probably classify our dumplings are set up as artisan or craft because we're made in small batches Mm -hmm. you know when we started this um you know we were thinking you know three or four hundred dumplings oh my god my arms hurt so bad um but you know now we're up to a few thousand um and but we're still keeping the same ingredients you know and we're not I don't see us changing from that because we want to keep the same quality. How long did it take for you to feel that you were making like the perfect dumpling, let's say? Uh, Did it take a while to learn how to make that dumpling or? um... I mean, since, you know, our uh, recipes or our dumpling changes per pop-up, it doesn't taste the same every time. And also depending on what produce I have that week or what, where I'm getting my meat or what wrapper I'm using it. I think it tastes different every time, but since we're making it in small batches, we taste every batch, and it all. We eat a lot good. of dumplings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not yeah. sick of dumplings yet? No, no. And I, to go back to your question, I don't think I cre- created the perfect one yet. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, never. I mean, it's no. always changing. Yeah, I mean, dang, this is good today, or mm-hmm. oh, okay, we probably won't do that one again. Exactly. Um, so. No, but I, I do have some bragging rights. Um, so there was this competition on um, bao buns, and it was uh, some Dallas chefs and, like, a, a few, Kevin and I, Fort Worth chefs, and we brought home the winning uh, belt. belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, – yes. congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and like I said, it w- you know, it's a community that um, cooks together, stays together. Is there a combination of dumpling that you tried or um, really any food that you tried that you just said, wow, that that does not work at all? Um, or for the most part, have you, you know, been successful with what you've been making? See, I'm not the crazy one. She probably has some stories <laughs> to tell. <laughs> we did make one that, that we thought, well, it's kind of different, but it turned out pretty good. It was the beet and goat cheese. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Because we were trying to make... Something that would, you know, the vegetarian community could embrace. And um, I just picked a bunch of fresh pears in a orchard that I found, like, locally. I didn't get arrested or anything. Um, <laughs> but we, we used the pears in some dumplings that uh, we made uh, last week, kimchi pear. Mm-hmm. And, wow, like, people actually like it. Um, and then apples were seasonal so i picked some apples too don't ask me where um so we put some apples in the the pork dumplings and um it it turned out pretty good too Mm -hmm. okay well that's that's cool i always like to ask um especially these pop-ups or uh we had uh funky town donuts on and and they were just telling me some of the stuff that really didn't work out um but it's interesting to to get to know that process of you know how how to make something work um so what's the future of of how indiction is is there um anything beyond uh what you're doing right now or um what are your plans for maybe five years down the road 
We do have plans there, James. We have plans. Because <laughs> uh, uh, we, we figure, well, I figure I, I've got 20 years to live, and uh, i I got to make it the best 20 years count. Um, we do have plans to have a space um, in near south side. Um, it will be a market bringing in the local uh, farmers, producers, It'll also be our culinary studio mm-hmm. uh, where we make and create and share, collaborate. We really don't know what the space will be when it's all said and done, but we are going to have a space. So we're thinking it as a culinary studio slash local market. Yeah, if you think of a maker's um, marker type um, in the education uh, area or in technology. Well, this is the the playroom for um, the culinary world, um, for chefs to come and do pop-ups, for us to also to be doing our classes and, you know, to have maybe um, events or team-building events, um, but evolving around the food world, mm-hmm. evolving around making something and enjoying it and you know, sharing it at the table. Well, that, that definitely sounds exciting. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely have to have you back on when, when that um, gets opened up and everything. Hopefully so next yes. year. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, good luck. And uh, Thank you. definitely excited for that. Um, just as a, a last question here, uh, before we wrap it up, um, how can people keep up with your pop-ups and, and how can people find out where you're going to be uh, from week to week? So we are on uh, social media sites, Instagram and Facebook under How and Diksha. And I am working on a website, howandiksha.com, which I have promised how to be ready by end of this year. <laughs> yes. <So>. She <laughs> has two months. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Um, and once again, uh, you know, this has been a real pleasure for me. It's, it's always fun uh, getting to hear these new stories and, and new experiences. And, and you guys were uh, a lot of fun to talk to. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you. you so much. That interview was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu. Or you can reach them by phone. It's 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. Also, you could check them out on social media to see what's going on daily at the school. If you look up Culinary School of Fort Worth, you'll find us on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.